0: Welcome to the newest installment of the Women Who Rebrand podcast. With captivating guests and thought-provoking topics, you'll be motivated to recognize your growth and be compelled to continue on your journey to success. Allow yourself to become whole and love yourself fully with this season of Women Who Rebrand. I'm so excited to have Leslie on the show today to share her story of living with ulcerative colitis. We'll be chatting about the symptoms, diagnosis, process, and treatment. Plus, she'll be giving advice to those who have been diagnosed with the same condition. Joining me and Leslie on this episode is Dee, a familiar voice, our special guest host on Women Who Rebrand. It's going to be a great show, so let's dive in. Obviously, this episode, episode 43, Navigating Live With, and this is where I need help, Dee, because you know me, with my ADHD brain, I can never pronounce words, Um, ulcerative colitis. Dang, you got it. Oh, did I get it? Sounded a bit weird though, right? No. Ulcer- ulcerative colitis. Yeah, it's, a, it's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, it a lot is. of people just say UC.
1: Or oh, colitis. My.
0: Yeah. Okay. UC kind of makes it sound a bit cooler, not gonna lie. UC <laughs> in the house, no. The house. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't hate me people um so yeah we are going to talk about UC a journey of long-term health management um it's not I'm gonna admit it's not something that I've ever heard of before um so I'm guessing there's not really that much information out there which is why I wanted to do this podcast to highlight um the issue and spread awareness because you know Just because you have it, there's probably tens of thousands of millions of people that have it out there. And like me, there's just loads of people that don't really know about it. But also there might be people that have the symptoms and have no idea. And, you know, NHS, we know sometimes with um, NHS and trying to sort out stomach issues, they're just like, "Eh, it's anxiety and send you away or something like that. Um so yeah, I'm I'm really interested in um discussing this topic today. So thanks again, Leslie, for um joining us. Let's just get stuck in.
1: Happy to chat about it. Leslie, you and me have been friends for a long time and we bonded because we have our sort of slightly multicultural uh world citizen background, right? So tell us about tell us about your life and your uh, your career background as well. What are you up to these days? Sure. Well, uh, I guess
2: bit of an accent. Let's tackle that first. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I'm, I'm a Londoner, but I've grown up everywhere else besides London. Um, so I guess this is an international school accent that sort of leans on the British side, which nobody ever hears. Um, but hey, you know, it's the mid 90s. Everybody's walking around saying, hey, what's up, dude? And this is what happened. It's a nice mix of I think everything. Um, so yeah, international school accent. Uh, grew up in the Middle East, the Caribbean, um, and back in the UK. Here I am finding myself a maybe a little bit of a stranger in my own culture. Uh, third culture kid, as they call
1: That's
2: it. That's it. Yeah. And uh, did he a third culture kid. I don't know if every anybody else knows the term, but it's a, it's another cool club to be in. <laughs> yeah. Third culture kid. Third culture kid. Yeah.
1: You know, growing up with either parents from different backgrounds or moving around a lot and living in cultures that aren't your own or, um, like, I've got a double whammy of having parents from two different cultures, my mum being Belgian, my dad being Palestinian, and we moved around a lot, never living in the countries that they grew up in themselves. So you have not only the generational divide between you and your parents which is obviously normal but then you have like a massive cultural divide to navigate you know between your parents between yourself who's grown up yeah like slightly you know my parents have never grown up in the UK I lived here since I was seven Leslie you've got this as well haven't you like trying to fit into a culture while still maintaining yours and your identity and merging them in some ways and keeping them separate in others. It's its a minefield, but it's also really unique and interesting and fun and lovely.
2: Hella fun, absolutely. And um, I mean, I guess like you've just got like an appreciation for, for everything and I think that's a third culture kid trait. Um, and in terms of uh, what I do, I am by day a customer services manager. I work for an amazing tech startup called Open Exchange Rates, where we've got like a cool variety of customers. We help give them um, sort of data about currencies. Um, and by night, uh, I play in a band, I run a label, and I've got my own music services company. So uh, music features like quite heavily, heavily there.
0: Wow! How
2: do you find
1: sleep? She doesn't. I know she doesn't. She also works out intensely, cooks all her own food. She's just superwoman. But I just want to point out that having seen Leslie perform in her band, Midwich Cuckoos, she's just a f-ing legend.
0: A f-ing wow. legend. Wait,
1: so in
0: in your band, what would you sing? Or is it an instrument or is it both? I'm not a band person. So I'm like, I don't know. I can't imagine. What do you do? <laughs> So
2: I play the guitar, that thing with strings, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thrash, I thrash, thrash about all that, and I do backing vocals. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. Uh, I can play some other instruments, drums, bass. Um, you
1: were made for the stage.
2: But yeah, it's uh, been out of the game for a while, and um, the people in my band, I've worked with them for quite a while, and um, it was being set up, and they said, look, come and play. So they've got me back in the game and it's just been mega fun. I I couldn't imagine not doing it. I don't know why, like I held out for so long.
0: Hmm, adulting responsibilities, but you need to do what you want to do and have fun with it. Adults still need to play. That's that's my that's my thing. So you need to do something that you enjoy. Something oh, that yeah. brings you joy. And I'm assuming this does. Absolutely.
2: And like a, a bit of terror, but I think we'll get into that um, a bit later. Um, but yeah, it's it's absolutely great, and it's just connecting with people and audiences and playing songs,
1: you know. Leslie, you like you come alive on stage. You come alive like it's just amazing to watch. It's so inspiring, and it's just amazing. I get major girl crush on you when you're on stage. Not gonna lie, I'm your number <laughs> one groupie.
0: Hey. Always getting the girl crushes.
1: <laughs> yeah. fabulous um, women, yeah.
0: <laughs> I do it for my enjoyment. I do it for
2: other people's enjoyment. So, like, if anybody digs it, like, that's just uh, 10 out of 10. Job, mission accomplished for me, right?
0: Yeah. Mm, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you are a bit of a musical superwoman and techie person. And um, running a record company as well. Like I said, I don't see how you have time to sleep or do anything or anything anything um but all of this aside when did you first notice there was something up like did you start having symptoms was it a gradual thing or was it like an overnight um occurrence
2: yeah for me um i think it was a gradual thing and um so, I guess trigger warning, we're gonna talk about poop a lot today. And this is why people don't know about ulcerative colitis, right? Um, because not everybody goes like, hey,
1: how's your you know poop? what I did
2: today, and it wasn't, like, <laughs> how's your poop? <laughs> we don't talk about it. Absolutely. We all do it, but we don't chat about it. Right. Um, so, I mean, I would even dare say that a lot of people don't think about it. It's that thing you do you, 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 for, I don't know, however long a day. And then you forget about it right like Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't even uh, think about the sort of frequency or the time that they go Mm -hmm. um you know some people have like a sort of better more natural hold of it and some of us don't Mm -hmm. and i would say that i didn't have as strange as this sounds i didn't have a good relationship with my poop (laughs) (laughs) so the so really it was a gradual thing and i think like the telltale sign for me was uh when i was going to the bathroom i was bleeding it wasn't um, just like a little bit. It was like a sort of fair amount, um, slightly concerning. And, you know, I just remember mentioning it offhand to sort of my boss. And he's like, oh, it's probably just like, you know, when you sneeze too hard or something. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe he's got a point there. You know, back of the mind, back of the mind, back of the mind.
1: (laughs) but that is something that they recommend you go to a doctor right away for right like if this mm. is if you're listening to this and you're bleeding when you're pooping go to your doctor asap and we know it's not pleasant having to talk to strangers about your poop when you can't even feel comfortable talking to your friends sometimes but very important psa big red flag
0: but also there's there's like a um a difference so hands up someone that suffers with stomach issues for years um The difference between um, bleeding when you poop. So, and I don't want to be graphic, but obviously I want people to actually understand. So, you know, if you're constipated and you wipe, you see like the blood on the tissue, but is the blood within the stool? Is that, is there a difference there? That's a really good question. And absolutely, yes, there is a difference. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And you can see blood within the stool. Um, nice. and that you can also have sort of blood around the stool or sort of when wiping, and this is indicative of perhaps where you might have a sort of ulcer, mm-hmm. uh, in your intestines. If it's further up, it will tend to be more blood in the stool. If it's, uh, towards the colon, so like ulcerative colitis, um, it would be blood around the stool. Um, nice. there's also other signifiers as well. Um, mucus as well. Um, so that there just might be I mean, this is the thing as well, I think in the UK, um, even the style of toilets, So, being a third culture kid, I've had European and especially Dutch toilets where you kinda can see your business, right? And oh, actually that's kind wait, of explain. Yeah. I've never seen
0: that. Sorry. Um oh. what's this now?
1: They <laughs> I'm demonstrating. The Dutch toilets literally you poop on this like platform and then it washes away. So they give you the opportunity to look at so what's like you've a done. shelf. Yes, in the toilet.
0: So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's handy. All right. Yeah.
2: I mean, and it feels like UK cold, UK toilets, like, we should hide that and flush it, right? Yeah, like, it's like, never get seen, never hole, seen it go away.
0: Again. <laughs> Yeah, never, never, never. No, no, no. Even like our, um, sorry, I'm going off the tangent here, but festivals, when you go to like those eco toilets, it's like down a massive hole into doom and then it's covered with sawdust never to be seen again. So even then you can't <laughs> take, but yeah, yeah, British way, get over and done with hide it. Don't talk about it ever. Never have yeah, so sorry. Oh, yes. I think it says a lot about
2: <laughs> our culture, right? Just um, hide it. Don't talk about it. Don't think about yeah. it. It's yeah. gone. <laughs> um, so I think, like I, and and that's the thing, you know. It's just kind of like sort of wiping and going, "Oh, that's not too cool," mm. and it kept on persisting, um, you know. And in hindsight, there were lots of other things that were happening that were sort of gradual, sort of fatigue, um, you know, sort of soreness foggy, foggy head, and a lot of things that were going on that I sort of put down to other things and sort of, I guess, being young, dumb, and inexperienced, right? Like, oh, yeah, whatever. And like, you know, you just bounce back the next day. Um, So like, yes, if anybody is experiencing these kind of things, like big red flag, don't just put it off to like, hey, I was working too much or whatever. Do get it checked out because these are sort of hallmarks of something wrong and um it got to a stage where i was quite concerned like this this ain't no sneeze right <laughs> so went to my doctor um they did like sort of gp did a quick examination there and suggested that i go for a um i'm gonna do the thing now where i can't pronounce the word
0: colonoscopy yeah oh uh, yeah colostomy yeah 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 Col- you know, know yep. what i mean
1: colonoscopy,
0: colonoscopy, uh, colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. we did it, we uh, did it, people. One one cup of coffee in, so. uh,
1: (laughs) Between (laughs) us, we'll be able to uh, say all the words.
2: (laughs) Right. Got it covered. (laughs) So yeah, um, had one of those, um, and also they took a biopsy at the time, and the Mm -hmm. results came in very quickly that, yes, I have UC, and, um, they gave me medication and oh, okay. from an NHS perspective, I felt like that was it. Like, okay, so what is it? it it's a immune bowel, sorry, um, an autoimmune disease that affects the mm. bowel area. Um, that's basically my colon breaks out and ulcers and it takes a while to heal itself. Um, mine's very mild. Um, you know, Crohn's is one that is sort of further up the intestinal tract and it also comes with other complications. Um, uh, both Crohn's and colitis, um, it can sort of lead to sort of bowel cancers later in life. Um, if it's not treated properly, Mm -hmm. um, if you know people aren't in remission. Um, some interventions can be made uh, you know via medicine or actually um, sort of surgical. So some people have to have um, parts of their bowel, their intestine removed as well. Wow.
0: Um,
2: so i'm 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 in the mild category, and you know very thankfully so. Um, so I've been able to sort of manage my condition with sort of medication and sort of lifestyle intervention as mm. well. Um, but I guess that was the start of my journey, just being diagnosed and, yeah. um, you know, immediately started taking the medication, which did sort of relieve the symptoms, but I really wasn't seeing any changes there.
0: Right. So when you say you mentioned, um, Crohn's, what what's the actual difference between UC and Crohn's? Is it just the placement of the ulcers or is it different symptoms as well? Do you, do you know?
2: Uh, very similar symptoms. Um, Crohn's tends to sort of be, you know, for the, the person that has it, um, a bit more severe um, in right. terms of cramping. And, yeah, its it's got to do with the placement, and that also um, has its own, like, sort of symptoms, sort of further symptoms. So, mm-hmm. as I understand, ulcerative colitis can tends to be milder than Crohn's,
1: right. um,
2: but still can be quite devastating to somebody's um you Know sort of overall health and life, mm.
1: and mm. how does it impact your life at the moment and your work?
2: It really ranges, to be honest with you. Um, because like it's not something that like you sort of wake up and go, That's different. Oh, um, it's really sort of cycles, uh, it really ebbs and flows. Um, so fatigue is, is something that I sort of struggle with, and you know, having a, a sort of healthy lifestyle focused on my health, I feel, enables me to um, sort of counteract that fatigue, Uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of losing blood, it's an autoimmune disease, my body's sort of fighting itself in a way, and it's just Mm. not getting that rest, and it's not able to recover, Um, so I need to, you know, allow my body to heal as best as it can. Um, certain foods um, sort of can trigger it. Um, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what those foods are, and nothing really like if I eat it, I'm going to feel unwell the next day. It's sort of to do with my sort of general health. If I'm really feeling unwell, and then I go eat some French fries, I'll be feeling it.
1: Do you remember that time that we got really, really drunk in Kingston? I can't remember where we went, and then. I I have vague memories of being in Burger King, and then I woke up with a cheeseburger as a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the reason I bring this up is because we were talking about franchise, but also, um, also because you you mentioned that you have had to make some lifestyle changes to help manage your condition, and they're quite drastic, I'd say, in that you know it's not what everyone else is doing when you go out when you're going to gigs and so forth so tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah i mean not being able to use like a whopper as a pillow anymore is um really affected <laughs> my lifestyle i mean it's just that bread it's just so soft right it is and... so soft <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it, it uh it's um it's a struggle because um i think what i so how I. Uh, approach um sort of my wellness is really through lifestyle and diet so when everybody's chugging beer around you staying up late and really not that moving that much except for a show um i have to kind of really pick and choose my moments like hey i will have to drink this weekend um you know even i've got to consider like how much how much grains i'm eating because um i've done some data research like you know in in trying to better my condition i've had microbiome tests um so i've analyzed my poop to see like sort of what um is happening in my gut so i've had blood tests to find out like sort of what's happening in my um my my system and i can see that like grains aren't doing aren't good for me sugar and stress i think those are the main three things that i gotta stay away from like fried foods as well um things like non-alcoholic beer has got wheat in it that's oh, devastating and oh, you know what oh. bars don't serve kombucha
1: no <laughs> they don't they do not and,
2: and i'm lucky if they've got even tea like right, you know at the bar and i am mean, that person who's like uh oh, hey do you have a decaf tea at like uh 10 a 10 p.m on a saturday friday night so uh mm. yeah it can be challenging and kind of a bit like killing the fun but hey, you know, I've got, like, sort of my friends. I'm having a good time. I just try and focus on, like, sort of the the good bits. And I know that, like, when I wake up the next day, I'm also going to feel good.
1: That's
0: amazing. And I think that's the, that, that's the focus, really. And it's not necessarily going out. I think as we get older anyway, going out isn't necessarily always about, like, how many drinks? Let's get the shots in and all that. It's like you get to a certain point and you're like, I just want to enjoy the night. I want to enjoy my friends. I want to enjoy the time. I want to remember what happened. I don't want to do anything embarrassing. I, I don't want to have a
1: three-day to hangover.
0: To, right, i got stuff to do tomorrow, so I'm going to wake up fresh. So, yeah, more bars need to have more coffee and non-alcoholic drinks. That's, that's something that I definitely need to advocate for in my head.
1: Leslie and I went to a festival in um, in Leeds recently, Handfest. It was awesome, and um, I was going up to her, going, just like the old days, but slightly different. I've got something. I've got something in my pocket that'll help us get through the night. It was an all day <laughs> festival. Little something, something, and and I was like, that something is paracetamol. Yes, because we're all day festival. In our like, I'm gonna be forty, you know won't reveal your age Leslie that's up to you but you know standing up all day I needed that paracetamol and I was so jealous of this other woman who was like yeah I got caffeinated paracetamol and I was like "Ooh, legend this girl knows how to f***ing party that's what I thought
2: all these women with their pharmaceuticals like you know helping the crowd like helping them on their evening and (laughs) and beyond right like it's a beautiful thing I've got a you know, the, the the nurses out there in the crowds, they're uh they're highly valued on the Shout
1: festival. out to them, shout out to them, uh, all the people that bring yes. the paracetamol, you are <laughs> legends. It's like but, me when I pack it.
0: my peppermint tea bags and when I'm going to a hotel, I'm like, yep, gotta pack that just in case. But yeah.
1: Also I will say, be careful before you take medicine in quotation marks from strangers.
0: <laughs> yes, even if they do say it's paracetamol. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think of that, but yeah, sorry Leslie. Read, read the label, people. Read the label, Um, but but like you, you you, um, bring up good
2: points there. Like um, you know, it's okay for the evening, but like, what if you're on tour? Um, Mm. So about, uh, I think about six years ago, um, we had a compilation, uh, my label Lockjaw Records uh, for Crohn's and Colitis, and um, we reached out to people to sort of find out if anybody suffered from you know uh, the condition, if they wanted to like submit some tracks and it was absolutely incredible the volume of people that came back to me and said like, Oh, Hey, I've got Crohn's. I've got colitis. And you know, I would have never, like, I felt like I was the only one up until that point, like, and sort of reading the stats on it, that um, sort of creative people, especially musicians tend to have um, sort of a high percentage of Crohn's and colitis, which feels, yeah. Now think about this going on tour, with a bowel disease, that ain't fun, people. not at
0: all like, what's
2: going on? all that all that uh petrol station food, those gingster pasties, they're uh, not sleeping. it just screams like
1: that does yeah. sound bad. Time. <laughs> Do you think that um that there's a little bit of a stigma about it because it is like, you know, about poop and your bum, that there's a bit of stigma about talking about it? Are we helping by normalizing it by just talking about our poop and our ass openly?
2: No, I mean, absolutely. Like I said at the start, you know, this is something that we all do. Uh, We should all just uh, chat about it and get over it. And, um, you know, just sort of of, even in our sort of mindsets, um, just kind of making a mental note of like, how often do I go? Like, am I having a good time or bad time there? Because like once you close the door, it's easy to forget about um, and my relationship, um, you know, as a kid and through my teens and twenties, was not a good relationship. Like I could be six times a, six times a day, or go two weeks without having a poop. I know that's Wait, that's uh,
0: that's times a day. I'm I'm more like mind blown by that. Wow. Yeah, uh,
2: so yeah, frequency is also another symptom of uh, sort of IBS or IBD that people should sort of be wary about um sort of that there's a line where ibs turns into ibd or to bowel syndrome turns into an um Irritable bowel disease, disease yeah. um, is what's happening in your, your colon. But like some people, um, you know, will find that certain foods aggravate their stomach and they'll get like these symptoms, you know, so like, even if you are getting these symptoms, please do check them out because there's things that you can do. It's not necessarily that you have a disease. It's not scary if you also have the disease. It's just better to have that knowledge and sort of get your poop checked out. So yeah, having a mental note of like your, your bowel health, um like you would your sort of actual physical you know like I'm getting up and moving every day or you know like your diet you just take into consideration really as I mentioned
0: I've um got IBS which is um just the syndrome, not the disease, um, which is something I think that they diagnose you with when they don't actually know the proper in and outs They just say, well, it's IBS and you just go figure it out. And I'm like, thanks for that. Um, but yeah, the thing with me is like, I always knew there was issues, stomach issues. Like I'd feel bloated, I'd feel heavy, I'd feel tired. And I it just happened for so many years. I just thought that's how everyone felt But in terms of like toilet issues, like I wouldn't go to do a poop for like a week and everyone's just telling me what? Because I hear people saying, yeah, I go toilet like two, three times a day. I'm like, excuse me? So it's not until I had these conversations, I realized, hold on, this may not be normal, quote unquote normal. Um, So when I was going to the GP, they're like, well, it could be normal for you. Just monitor it, send me back. And I must have gone to the doctors for years, in and out, in and out. And it just gradually got worse. So I actually went um, private in the end and had the colonoscopy. Hey, I said it properly then. Um, Yeah. Yeah, had the tests. And yeah, they put it down to IBS. But then I actually had like a nutritionist work with me. And we went through something called the um, low low FODMAP diet. So you have a list of all these foods that you're supposed to not eat or avoid if you've got stomach issues. And then you kind of just see what works with you. And by doing that, I realized um, I can't have gluten and I can't have dairy. And now I know. But yeah, it's been years, years of consistently going back to the doctors. So, yeah, for anyone out there, I just wanted to say, um, you know, You know if there's an issue. You know if there's something not quite right. So just be persistent with your doctor. And, yeah, since I've cut out um gluten and dairy, I'm like, so you're telling me this is how people feel? You don't feel physically sick when you've had a meal. You don't feel like you need to have a lie down and sleep for, like, the rest of the day. You're not going to pass out. You're not going to have stomach aches. I'm like, you've been conning me all this time. But, yeah, once it's sorted, it's like, oh, such a relief it's such a relief but yeah yeah like i said just be no- consistent
2: knowledge is power like all you have mm. to do is duck those ham the cheese sandwiches right and then you're fine Yeah. Like any cheese you yep. head in your way just Ugh. avoid
0: i love a cheese toasty. that was my thing oh, after a night out make a cheese toasty. i know sandwiches are life this gluten-free oh. stuff is a joke but don't get me started <laughs> on the gluten-free the dairy-free cheese <laughs> but anyway yeah <laughs>
2: Just like as you just quickly, just as you mentioned there, like um, you'll eat something and you will feel a difference fairly quickly. Like Mm. it's just so interesting, like how everybody's uh, symptoms sort of manifest differently. Like I'll eat something and there won't be that definitive, like, oh, hey, that wasn't good, right? Like for me, I feel like it's an accumulation. So, like, you know, like as you said, yes, just if you will know if something's not right or something's normal and just be persistent and, and, you know check out with your sort of healthcare provider definitely
0: at wwrdigital.com, you'll find the women who rebrand podcast and bonus content to accompany each episode plus between episodes and season breaks you'll get access to informative articles and personal stories about health and wellness relationships and careers take a journey with us to become your most authentic self Join our online community on Instagram and TikTok at WWR Digital. Also, because chat, uh, sorry, because chat, because Dee likes to chat and obviously she um, introduced us and that's why I've got you on the podcast. I was like, interesting story. I need to know more. Um, We were talking about, and this is another term I might need help with people, fecal microbiota, basically a poop transplant so it um i believe it's something that you've either looked into or you had um but just for the people out there who couldn't write decipher what i said um i'm gonna call it fmt because i think they just abbreviate everything because it's just easier Fecal Um,
1: microbiota transplant thank you d thank you
0: Um, it involves fmt in the house fmt in the house you see um (laughs) It involves, FMT involves transfer of healthy bacteria in a mixture of prepared um processed stool from one person, a healthy donor, they say, um from their intestine um, to, to the health, to the intestine of the patient. So basically it's a poop transplant, which I, again, have never heard of. I did not know this existed. I'm like, hold on, you're telling me we can't even talk about poop. We don't have the clever shelves but you're going to take poop from one person and put it into another person. Is this something that you've done or you're looking into? I volunteer my poop. <laughs> I would do mine, but I'm not healthy. I don't have it healthy intestines. I'm sorry.
1: You can have my poop too. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> yes, well, Leslie, have you had poop? Are you looking into I'm,
0: it? I
2: am totally looking into this. This is okay. like my emergency. It, it, this is like in case of emergency break glass. This is uh, definitely on the horizon and something I'm considering. And what? This is some Frankenstein shit, right? Like,
0: well, it could be Frankenstein shit. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> it, like, I heard this from a friend like who actually had the procedure and he's like, yep. And he had his brother as a donor and. Um, that which brother he's is my not auntie. letting
1: that down, is he? That yeah. brother is raising nope. it in every every argument, every family dinner. How's my poop in you?
2: <laughs> yep. Right, sorry, I eat my poop, and and I think that's the thing. It, you have to eat it orally. Like they can't inject that. No, you like, don't.
0: Uh, Stop. It's oral. Stop. Yep. Yep. You got to eat the poop. Wait. Sorry. Wait. Not FMT in the house. I thought they would do it the other way around.
2: No. You. It's an oral application. So what they actually do is like... Put in a capsule, please. I, I believe that you can do it the other end, but it is more yeah. effective the other way around. And all right, look, they get the, they get the microbiome from the healthy, fit person. They, they obtain the poop, and they basically get like all the bacteria, all the cultures of that healthy person trying to get rid of the bad stuff right the stuff that we don't want Ah. they give it to you in a sort of oral form okay um, as i as i understand um it's
1: just like that civet um the coffee that's the 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 coffee that's been eaten by the little um creatures and they poop it out it's just like that.
0: yes but also i was thinking about yakult's you know those little yoghurty yeah. drinks that don't taste like yogurt that's from the healthy gut of people whatever but it, i guess it's the same principle so when you were talking about it so i was thinking you no know, munching down on a piece of poop but no it's it, it extracting the parts that are good so not an actual solid thing then
2: no. No, uh not, not even a soft one. Nothing. Uh you know, you'd have to wait till Try. it cools down or anything. Like it's we're we're talking <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're okay. we're doing full science lab. Um, you a know, it's capsule. kind of distilled. Okay. But I I hope so, little capsule. I've actually not seen what it looks like. And you know, mm. you kind of Google it, you see people with lab coats and test tubes. So you know, um surely there's no brown anywhere. Right? <laughs> so um You know, essentially, yes, it is like, um, you know, the bacteria that you get in um, Yakults and the sort of other brands, uh, Tech Beer as well. But the the difference is like um, you're getting like this whole environment of gut bacteria implanted in you so you can, yours can thrive. Everybody is born with the perfect amount of gut bacteria. Um, the way that the environment of that mm-hmm. is um, different between all of us, and that's down to sort of genetics and environment, right? But you are born absolutely perfect with your little jungle of uh, good, bad, and indifferent bacteria. But as mm-hmm. you age, due to stresses, environment, <sighs> and your genetics, it starts to deplete. Sometimes uh, worse than you know, some people worse than others, and so you can actually lose whole sort of species within your gut. See now, I'm
0: just wow. thinking well, of them have... as a, like a little jungle, like a little yeah, yeah.
2: colony. You know, so, you know. So sadly, you might be sort of you know, the, the the orangutans might be low in your in your gut. So you know, you have an FMT and sort of new orangutans are yeah. sort of put in there, making the biodiversity in your guts um, a lot better. And I mean, this, I mean, like, okay, right. So like, oh, my gut's all balanced, but like, what are the implications? You know, it's not that like, you'll just be pooping better. Like it's um, shown to have a wide variety of improvements in people's lives. So we're talking sort of emotional, Ooh. physical, um
1: so you basically get a personality transplant. Up. You were telling me that you sometimes adopt some of the personality traits of the donor poop.
2: This is legit crazy, <laughs> right? So
1: I, I, I was actually
2: it. trying to find these scientific papers like um, um, that sort of have this and I haven't been able to in my short search. I've, I've had anecdotal evidence and heard anecdotal evidence and some anecdotal evidence is mentioned in these papers. But um, sort of essentially what they've been doing is they've been giving uh, sort of older rodents, um, the microbiome of younger ones. And then these like older rodents, right? Like they're working out on the treadmill, they're the little hamster wheels a bit more. They're actually behaving like younger rodents. Mm. They're exercising more. They're waking up early. Like it's basically sort of age reversal. So, um, you know, not only is microbiome addressing issues like sort of around inflammation, uh, you're looking at like the way that their their sort of brains are working, their sort of neurological um, uh, synapses are firing off, um, (sighs) you know, the, the muscle fascia is regenerating more often. And I mean, I think this just sort of indicates like how important our sort of gut biome is to sort of our well-being and you know there's a lot of talk about like the sort of mind gut access absolutely. connection right absolutely so, that's fascinating
1: you know, last,
2: so it's it, it is um you know i was always skeptic i'm like okay yeah that makes sense but last year i took a microbiome test and i got like a, a sort of map of what's happening in me and so ooh, through diet ooh. and supplementation um, I started addressing, like, the numbers of orangutans and zebras and stuff in my guts. And um, I got to say, like, one day I woke up and this kind of, I wouldn't say, like, I'm super anxious. I have, like, sort of had anxiety in the past couple of years. But, like, this kind of, kind of feeling of that something's wrong just vanished overnight. Like, wow. A couple of weeks later. Like I was just walking around and went, oh, this is new. This I felt like I had a happy tummy. Now Whoa. I don't know if anybody else can like. Is this what they talk about in the ads and stuff like that? <laughs> Literally, I felt like my stomach was smiling and it was.
0: Happy. Oh, wow! Oh, so, um, you got snakes in there. You got orangutans and tigers and Mowgli. Oh, you got your little Mowgli back.
1: Amazing. That moment when you went for that test was super touching because, um, and I remember you and I having a conversation about this, Leslie, where you wanted to do this test and it's not available on the NHS or not specifically mm. for you at the time. Yeah, and how did you get it
0: also, Dee? Yeah. yeah. So she, find
1: that out. <laughs> she's too shy to sort of talk about this, but Leslie is very, very much loved in her c- circle and in the community. And um, so she was asking like what I thought about her doing like a crowd surfing, uh, not crowd surfing. She does that too. Crowdfunding for the test. And I could tell if you don't mind me saying that she felt like a little bit embarrassed by it. And, you know, it, it again, a British thing asking for help is a no, no, isn't it? So, um, but she did some crowdfunding for it. And this test wasn't super expensive. What was it like 700 quid or something? And she yeah. got, much more than that donated the rest to charity um and so everyone pitched in together to make sure she could get this test and it's just so nice to to be able to have such an impact and we i i can only speak for myself but i was just super grateful for the opportunity to be able to help out my dear friend you know so i will fucking give you a fiver i think i gave
2: that's amazing you know yeah thank you for um you know advising me to like sort of Go for it. And, you know, it was in in hindsight, sort of realizing that I had a lot of people ask me about the condition. Mm. Um, I also had a lot of people sort of reach out and give their experience as well. Um, some that actually work in medical research, um, having a chat with them. And it was nice to sort of normalize and sort of uh sort of start the conversation with people and i mean not only that like we totally smashed it on gofundme that people sort of reached out Mm -hmm. for more information and an interview um so like i was really you know really keen on sort of spreading the word and sort of uh making a bit of noise for crohn's and colitis uk as well so like i'm really happy to do that and gee whiz like you know everybody just like giving two five pound sort of within the sort of Punk rock scene was uh absolutely heartwarming. It just shows mm-hmm. that like when people kind of put their minds to it, like we can sort of make a make a dent and make some change. And absolutely. you know, I am continuing on this journey and we'll also continue sort of fundraising for Crohn's and Colitis UK
0: and spreading the word. Fantastic. So the the actual test, what was the name of the test? Sorry, because I totally sure.
2: Yeah, yeah it was a, it's. A,
0: I took a private t- test. It was a microbiome microbiome um, test. And is that yeah. something that? So is it not readily readily available in the UK? Like you said, it, it costs seven hundred pounds. Um, is it only a private thing? How do you even get it? So for certain conditions, um, the NHS will, um,
2: take out a micro microbiome test, mm-hmm. but um, unfortunately, this isn't offered to people with ulcerative colitis. You know, there are a lot of things that I feel that could help the condition or could help me get further information. Like I have uh, stool tests all the time, but they're not going into the microbiome. They're just getting certain levels and certain information. Um, They won't even sort of give me a broad test. I'm very thankful for those tests because you need that data. Um, but it just wasn't enough to help me prevent what's happening. And it's, um, basically my journey with NHS is just like, take this medication, you'll be all right, but you're not getting better. So th- that for me is not good enough. I need to manage my, my disease. Yeah. So I yeah. went and tested, I've, you know, um, to get that data. So I could make, make some changes
0: really. Mm okay that's so interesting i would love i mean i would love to have that as someone with ibs because it would just make so much sense because it's i'm assuming it's like you said um you know what bacteria is missing so is it foods that you change or is that what it is or um supplements what exactly do you how do you balance it knowing what you know yeah i mean it's there's not one size fits
2: all, and I think this is the problem. And I think this is probably where um, sort of traditional Western medicine sort of falls short. You know, there isn't mm. one size fits all. Uh, cue X Files music. <laughs> no one knows why people get IBD. We don't know where it comes from. Um, but sort of reading about it, there is that sort of mind gut issue, and uh, you know autoimmune diseases really do stress them from stresses and perhaps Mm. sort of psychology of people like sort of how you're viewing the world so if you're constantly in that fight or flight your autoimmune system doesn't know when it really should be fighting running away from that bear or running away from your emails um Mm. that it doesn't know what to do and the best thing it does is like right i need to protect leslie so i'm gonna produce these ulcers in her gut You know, because that's, that's what I do, you know. Um, so how do, how do you fix that? Don't know. I started with elimination diets. Um, so I was testing various things, um, because I don't see an instant result in my sort of diet to my health. It would be like sort of two weeks. I'm Mm -hmm. trying vegan two weeks, no dairy two weeks. And all these things made a difference. Um, I tried, um, Ayurvedic practices. So eating certain um foods and oils and preparation and being very mindful of when I'm chewing and sitting down, not eating a sandwich on the tube, mm. right? Sitting down, having a lunch, not looking at my phone. Like all of these things sort of helped. And I noticed that stress was the main thing. So after a stressful time in my life, I would get all sort of colitis after. Like I'd get a flare up of the after. Mm. Um, uh, sugar doesn't help. That's another thing. And then it's kind of like alcohol grains, fried food. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I got, I got all these things and then like, right. So if it's my autoimmune system and the doctor's giving me steroids to control my symptoms, what can I do to stop my body from attacking itself? Like, could I put myself in a state of ketosis which stops my body from attacking itself i.e. like it's repairing itself quick and like that worked amazingly being keto like i've been trying things for like 20 years now right Mm. and um keto really agreed with me um and i'm doing all these things but nothing really knocked it on the head and this is why i decided to like right I'm trying all these things, but it's not working. Let's get some more data. And the data has really shown that, like, all these things that we're trying were working, but I needed to do these three things at the same time. Yeah. Which was increase certain bacteria, decrease other bacteria, and minimize my digestive disruption.
1: Well, that's a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> Just simple three so, steps.
2: <laughs> yeah so uh so what that looks like um so like i was working with a pt salus uh london um and you know we've been trying and all these different kind of protocols but not really smashing it got the microbiome test from ominous uh it's a great company um and i had a follow a consultation with this guy called chris thompson who is um absolutely amazing at sort of reading my results and um you know, all of this kind of stuff that I was doing is called functional healthcare. And there's lots of functional healthcare practitioners out there that you can sort of speak to, to help you diagnose. And they're all about being preventative, you know, not slapping a band-aid on it after it's like, we're going to stop you from getting that bruiser cut. Right. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, we basically, um, got me to protein cycle, carb cycle, watch when I'm drinking water, Uh, reducing certain foods and increasing certain foods um, because that would just um, work for my body more really and it's absolutely mad and it's really difficult but like the changes that I saw like happy tummy the the mind gut thing is absolutely revolutionary like I had no idea that human beings could feel this way
1: like that makes me so happy Um, But you also mentioned stress plays a factor. I mean, we know more and more these days how much stress can be detrimental to your health in general. Um, Do you have any stress management techniques asking for a friend?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, sort of meditation, more focusing on the body, sort of body relaxation techniques um, is absolutely key. And for somebody whose body like mine is in fight or flight, like, I sometimes, in the middle of the day, have to go, Oi, Leslie, calm it down. Pinky toes relax, hands relax. And, you know, that is sort of triggering, like, the vagus nerve. And, hey, we've all heard this stuff, you know. Like, um, get in your brain and neurosympathetic system to kind of relax and let it know it's okay. And, you know, you're not going to see changes overnight. But, like, do that for two months and then skip a week and you'll feel the difference.
1: Yeah.
0: Have you tried like any holistic things like acupuncture or Reiki or anything like that?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, they've all I've all seen benefits from them, but never like the sort of golden bullet. Uh, Acupuncture was absolutely amazing. Actually, Dee introduced me to an,
1: an amazing acupuncturist. This woman is magical
2: you know what, she's so like, so business. I think she go, yeah, what else?
1: <laughs> and then stab you
0: and <laughs> tell you to look at your tongue. Twist it yeah. harder, yeah. So acupuncture well, really helped. Is that in terms of like, just the way you feel or did it alleviate any symptoms?
2: It, it did. I think I was sort of under sort of uh, mental health duress at the time, mm. you know, so I was uh, in grief, um, you know there was a lot happening and it just really got me to slow down and you know sort of those energy centers sort of just sort of refocus on us it. exactly what my body needed uh, the Chinese herbs as well um, mm. probably really addressing um, these certain microbiome issues and you know I was seeing the changes that I was back then but I was still munching on croissants and uh, you know during the time like you know, it, it was all these practices in one. And um, I think, you know, that my journey has been a weaving, winding road. And at the moment, um, sort of with all these sort of physical things that I'm doing, sort of physical practice, I'm looking at my mindset. How do I look at work? Is work yeah. a stressor for me? Am I trying to fight a big bear, which is, you know, getting all these music projects to somewhere? Am I taking enough time for myself? I mean, you know, we work late in the evenings. Um, There's not really any boundaries between sort of work and uh, play because for a lot of um, artists, music is their hobby. So like, hey, let's text till 10 10 p.m. You know, let's have a chat. Um, You know, sort of me at establishing boundaries and how I look at my work, um, I think is the sort of next step for me. So, yeah, Um, there's um, there's so many things that I recommend that people try. See what you gravitate to. And, you know, that might be, you know, the winner if you are suffering from IBS or IBD. Get info. Try out things. You'll be better for trying out something as opposed to not doing anything.
0: Absolutely. I'm interested in these Chinese herbs. I'm one of those people that always walks past the shop and I'm like, walk slowly to see what is that, but I've never done it. And I'm like, where'd you start? Chinese herbs. i want
1: an them. acupuncturist. She sits you down before your first session and she gives you, um, you know, you have a proper consultation. And Joy, um, this acupuncturist who I'm clearly in love with. Um, yeah. Crush, she was, <laughs> yeah, she was a doctor in China Um, so she's, Mm. you know, she's not just done like a six week acupuncture course online or something, but then she, um, you can pay for a session. Um, and I think why I'm telling you so much, I know not every one of your audience can come to Twickenham. Don't book her (laughs) up completely because I need to make sure I can get my appointments when I need them. But I think this is what you should look for in a good practitioner, right? She Mm. tailors Mm. her acupuncture session to you. So you might have acupressure as well. And she also does cupping and all sorts of things. But then she, if you, if you want to go for the herbs option, which is obviously extra, she makes up this like mix of herbs. And I remember like a hilarious conversation mm. with her. They taste like f-ing mud pond water sometimes. I mean, it, <laughs> some of them are worse than others. Cause she, she, every time I would go, she would make a, a new blend specifically for what I was feeling at the time. Right. Right. And one time I was, I had to travel and I had to call her up and be like, Joy, I need you to tell me what's in these f-ing herbs. Cause I need to know before I, t- you know, travel across international borders. You want to
0: know they can take them over? Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, I I know it wasn't anything illegal, but I need to be able to say what it is. I can't just be like someone just gave them to me. You know, I'm already traveling while being Palestinian. Like I was going to say that. part. She she was like, oh, it's a a blend. I was like, a blend of what, Joy? (laughs) Just mixed. Herbs, I was like, all right, okay, do you know what? I'm going to have to go three (laughs) days without them. And I felt it, those three days without them. Oh,
0: wow. That's a shame. Like, you couldn't go up to immigration and be like, yeah, um, it's just a blend
1: by joy. Joy, joy. (laughs) Joy, mixed herbs. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought, I know they'll find them innocent in the end, but it will be after hours and decades. And also, some of these herbs, I don't know, I was going to Portugal, I didn't know if they were legal in Portugal or not, because I didn't know what their fans absolutely <laughs> so Leslie we talked about this already but you are in an awesome band midwitch cuckoos and um, and you have this one beautiful moment whenever you go see a Midwich cuckoo band um gig there will be a moment where Leslie she stage dives no with way. Her guitar yeah she'll be playing her guitar ah. uh, while being carried away by the crowd like some reincarnated Jimi <laughs> Hendrix goddess do you ever worry that you're going to poop on some of your fans when you do this <laughs> damn
2: i'd like to let members of the public know that they are 90% probably 95% of the time absolutely safe from poop uh, I, I you know yeah i mean I'd look- say
1: 100% it's like a rock gig. You you know there's gonna be some chance of you being covered in some bodily fluid, right? Really? You take your chances. You take your chances. But yeah, like
2: uh, no, no. And no, I think it's a totally fair question. I think the 100% no, because you find me before the gig, probably going in and out of the toilets mm. about 10 times, right? Um, so ulcerative colitis, stress. Um, it gets kind of triggered when I'm playing a show. Not really because I'm nervous, because I'm so damn excited, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, gotta go, gotta go. So, yeah, I think people are safe. A sweat's another thing, not though. Like, you, you're probably gonna get like a bit sweaty. It's hot up there. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I,
1: I'll do my best not to poop on you. I would be honored, anyways. I would see it as a badge of honor. So, it's fine. It's
0: interesting that connection. We were talking about, obviously, the connection with stomach, mind, and, you know, stress um can trigger um issues like i know if i'm stressed i'm gonna be um going to the loo but no leslie excitement when i'm excited especially i'll be going in and out of the toilet constantly and sometimes i find myself in the tube and have to get off but yeah, it's not always like the, the, the low moments that affects your stomach, but the most excitable ones too. And it's like, ah, oh, stomach is like your second brain or even your first in some cases. But yeah, it's funny that you touched upon that. Thank you. I've never really your thought body, about that before. Yeah. Your body doesn't know the
2: difference. And you, there's evidence to show that actually, um, you know, all the neurotransmitters take cues from your gut first. So there's a lot of body functions and behavioral functions that actually start in the gut, not in the brain, which is freaky. So, like, your stomach is actually ruling the roosts when you think yeah. about it. I'll let you digest it on that.
1: <laughs> so when they say that a way to a man's heart is through his stomach, it might actually be...
0: Oh. Oh, dang. I didn't think about that, yeah. And trust your gut. Mm.
1: Mm. Mm. It's all coming together now. Emotions
0: live in your stomach, not your brain. Okay, okay, people. Yeah.
1: So, Leslie, you've got some awesome stuff coming up, haven't you, with the band?
0: Yeah, well, we've
2: got some shows, we're finally hitting Europe, thanks, COVID. Um, it's been sort of long overdue to kind of get across the channel. Uh, we released an album last year called Death or Glory, um, which I think... It's um,
1: awesome! I have it on final.
2: Like, I think it just bowled us over that we could do something like that, right? You know, like, it's, it's li- it literally living our dreams, right? We're, we're not on MTV, but that doesn't matter. We we make MTV on YouTube. We make these incredible albums, and it was just like, no holds barred, let's just go for it. So, um, you know, really excited to get out there a bit more. Um, sort of also looking for a sort of new member to sort of join the band as well. Mm, um, new member so- to do
0: what? Just in case they're listening,
2: you never know. Oh, oh well, like we're looking for a singer. So any singers out there holla? I'm out. <laughs> the Midwich Cuckoos? <laughs>
0: Not triangle, I'm now sorry.
2: Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's six of us on stage. I don't think like a triangle player, bongo player, go
1: miss. Yeah. Looking at you, Dee. <laughs> okay. okay, okay.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, so a lot more fun to, um, sort of come out of our camp. Uh, we've got some like exciting plans. Um, yeah, it's yep. gonna be good
0: amazing I can't wait I'm gonna have to come to a gig but these gonna have to take me because I'm not as much as I married a guy that did gigs and was in bands and all that I'm really not that type of band person it, 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 back in the day I was like UK garage kind of two-step kind of person and all that So the guns yeah. out um yeah 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 garage fingers for the people that are listening to this um yeah but not yeah I guns. would love to come we're gonna have to go no 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 just, um, in my head they're water pistols and they're cute they're pink. Oh I like um, that
1: with tequila in them. Yeah
0: yeah obviously yeah. um <laughs> but yeah you're gonna have to take me to a show I can't wait Hundred so
1: percent. 100% I'm not just taking you oh. to the show I'm taking you to the front row of this show and then obviously. when Leslie goes crowd surfing we're gonna touch her up no we're not that's <laughs> so bad cut that out oh my god we're gonna <laughs> I just want to say don't touch, don't away, touch, touch away. her touch her away don't touch up women who are crowd surfing. I'm allowed to touch up Leslie because I'm a friend and I have consent from her. Right. <laughs>
2: Leslie. Consent? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay. consent there. Like go touch up. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> Other than that, ask first.
1: Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, I just wanted I to make that clear. And <laughs> <laughs> I just about
2: want about? to put it out yeah. there. If you. If y'all want to gig swap, like, I have not been to, like, a UK garage
0: night or anything. Ah.
1: So, like,
2: take me into your world. I, I want to boogie. Okay.
1: There
0: are UK um, brunches. So, like Dee with her paracetamol, I think UK garage people have realized that that generation is a certain generation. So, when we go out, it's all people, like, you know, th- minimum 38 to, like, 45. So, it's actually quite a nice thing. So, they do, like, cute brunches. We get to eat and drink.
1: Awesome. As long as they can take into factor our dietary requirements.
0: Yeah, I know. I think they're going
1: to have to do that next. Can I have the allergens
0: menu, please?
2: (laughs) The low food mapper diet uh, menu, please.
0: (laughs) So let's let's be chatting. Sorry. that is fine. (laughs) <laughs> Have you um, got anything else coming up? And you said you mentioned that you're working with these charities or highlighting um, fundraising for charities, certain charities. What's going on?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Crohn's and Colitis UK is sort of my charity of choice. Um, they do fantastic work giving people information and helping people out on their journey. I bumped into a lady dressed as a poo the other day walking <laughs> along the River Thames at my end. and she had just been diagnosed. with. (laughs) I know so do I and I'm like what's going on and she said that she would just been diagnosed with UC and Crohn's and Colitis UK had been really helping her out so she was like uh walking along the river Thames from like the start to the end um you know to fundraise for it and you know she was just on the start of her journey but like they they were incredibly helpful you know, oh. so, you know, it's once you start talking to people that you hear how the, the charity's been helping out. So, like, I'm fundraising for them. Um, I still have my GoFundMe open. Um, so anybody who wants to donate um, can sort of give us some money and I'll pass that on to uh of Colitis UK. Um, so... Yeah, you can just go straight to their website to to donate. Or if you're in a different country, there will also be a sort of equivalent charity where you're
0: based. Amazing. And I'll be sure to put the link within um, WWR Digital Magazine um, where you'll find a write-up of this episode and some more information about Leslie, but also the charities and a bit about um, UC as well. Ah. Thank you so much, Leslie. Um, where can our amazing audience find you? If you're, are you a social media person? Do you do you do that? Are you on social media? Or do, you have anything?
1: do you tick the talk? Yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> yes, I'm hanging out on social
2: media. Um, mm. like you can follow my band Midwich Cuckoos. Um, I'll you know links links from the show notes there. Uh, I'm also known as Onslaught Music. That's my music services company. Uh. The label that I run is Lockjaw Records, which is a fantastic group, a community, I should say, of sort of music-loving punk metal fans. Um, We also have like an annual membership. If you like to collect vinyl, I would say, Uh, welcome on board. We have like these hangouts and you also get vinyl. It's pretty cool. And um, yeah, so that'll be Lockjaw Records UK. So like, yeah, come, come say hi to me on socials. I will reply
0: eventually. (laughs) <laughs> amazing I love the membership thing and you get vinyl I love vinyl there's there's something I don't know if it's a neurodivergent thing but I'm like to my kids it's not the same you have the streaming music but just the cackle of the vinyl on it it's just something sexy about it I love that like the very beginning like oh that's my love language give me some vinyl that-
2: Oh, and then the artwork, the the, yes. the liner
0: loads, it's an event. It's not just right. the
1: background, it's the event.
0: Exactly. Love it. Exactly.
1: So we should go away from this trying to normalize talking about poop, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start asking like everyone, that, yeah. and how are your bowel movements? No, tell me honestly. Let's talk about this. That's what I'm going to start, the conversation I'm I've going to start been, having with I've all been... of my friends.
0: Oh, right. I thought you were asking us now to answer.
1: No, no, we've talked well, let's about normalize
0: our... it. normalise well, it.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, this morning I had one of those poos where you think about it for quite a long time after that, like, wow, that was a good poo. I felt really good after. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> well, that's good. No, I don't know what you mean, though. No, I don't no, have sorry. a good relationship with poop.
1: It doesn't happen yeah. like all the time. Sorry, I'm not boasting about my good poos. It's just <laughs> this one was particularly good. Um, a very good
0: release. Well, no, I have, I'm,
1: sorry to go off the tangent now,
0: but I have heard that doesn't it release some kind of happy hormone or something? I'm sure I've read that. Like, that's mm-hmm. what you're saying. You get this um, chemical reaction because you're happy that you release. Well, I've never had that. that. I've I had the opposite. Um I'm because of my so my IBS, I don't and always people always assume, oh, you um you have to go to the toilet really quickly. And it's it's either or. Like if there's excitement or stress, then maybe um, you know, I'll have to run to the bathroom. But it on a day to day basis it's actually the opposite. So it's really slow and I might go to the do a bowel movement like twice a week if I'm lucky. I'm like a sloth. So that's really annoying. But um, the other day, um, sometimes I like to just regularly get things moving. So once a month, I'll take a laxative. And I think I went a bit too um, heavy handed. I took two and I woke up at like um, three o'clock in the morning and I swear to the universe. I thought this was it. Like just the sweat and oh, my God, it felt like I was going to throw up. From my um bottom, that's that's the only way I could feel it. It was like this was the worst experience of my life. I never want to do it again. But um, yeah, I probably will do it next month just to get a good clear out. That was my so yeah, my poo stories aren't actually fantastic.
2: (laughs) Serena, like you, can you can live the other way. Believe me, it's possible. (laughs) I I had no idea. Like today, I you know I did one and went, whoa, that's different. Like. It was oh. it was the train that kept on going. I was like oh, oh. Like, yeah. That, that apparently, is what we should be aiming for. Like the the long dude off, right? Like yeah, um, oh, that, like a
1: single. That's unit. What happened. A single. Yes, a single like
0: unit. It. Like. What's it called? Not an urban legend, but one of those amazing things. Like you, you had a unicorn. You
2: had a unicorn I, you I literally said, I've read about this and that's what that was like. I mean, like it, life can be totally different. So like, if you want to, I
1: never thought it would happen to me.
2: I'm going to go play the lottery later on.
1: Right. <laughs> but,
2: like, Do it. Yeah. If you want to, like, if you want to look into your poop and digestive system, let's go and explore like yeah. let's 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 take let's see what test would be sort of more condu- conducive for you and let's analyze what's happening there and let's see if we can get you a happy poop pooping belly
1: oh that's, next that's time it. i have some fair cash i'm getting that test because it sounds like something ideally yeah, right. everyone should look into at some point
0: mm, yeah i know but money but yeah, yeah all right thank you so much leslie i've had such a fantastic time it's lovely to meet you and i've learned so much like literally set since this not knowing anything and now i'm like ah oh. someone tells me i'm like well actually and then dropping all that information and being like, so have you, and have you heard about poop charts?" I'm going to be like a UC guru. I mean, Leslie a, is yeah. such yeah. a good
1: <laughs> UC ambassador, isn't she? She's amazing. Thank you so much for talking to Absolutely. us
2: about it. UC crew in the house. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure chatting with you guys. I've had a lot of fun
0: and I've learned as well. Uh, thank you so much, Leslie. Take care. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed this episode of Women Who Rebrand. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating to keep up with upcoming episodes. Join our online community on Instagram and TikTok at WWR Digital. And stay tuned for our next episode featuring another fantastic guest ready to discuss the most insightful topics. Thanks for listening.